welcome to the Indianola First podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our prayer is that this message will inspire you, encourage you, and launch you into life-changing action. There's an old story about President uh, Franklin Roosevelt that I want to share with you this morning. Uh, Apparently, he had grown tired of the mindless small talk of the White House receptions. And a Wondering if anyone was engaging in any real conversation, he conducted a personal experiment at the White House gathering. As he shook hands with people and flashed that notorious big smile of his, he would say to them, I murdered my grandmother this morning. And everyone except for one person simply smiled at him and would say something like, oh, how lovely, or you're doing a great job, sir. The one exception was a foreign diplomat who responded quickly to the president by saying, I'm sure she had it coming to her. (laughs) You know, I I think Christians can relate to this in reference to their personal communication to God. No matter how solid our prayer life may be, it's easy to slip into those conversations with God where we talk a lot but forget to listen. Listen. It's easy for that lifeline that we have in our relationship with God, that lifeline of prayer, to become old hat or mundane, where we feel like we are just going through the motions of prayer, but it seems powerless. And one of the reasons I believe this happens is that we never fully understand that prayer is a two-way conversation. We are supposed to talk, and we are supposed to listen. Well, he listens and he talks to us. But it gets very boring and mundane, as I said, when we don't listen. Or if we just don't understand how to hear the voice of God. And maybe that's a, a, a big part of it. Maybe that's a big part of why, you know, I've preached messages in the past about how Christians just don't pray enough and, you know, kind of come at it from the, 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 the point of maybe hammering it a little bit. It's like, we need to pray. I mean, what do we think, who do we think we are? You know, we're not praying. Well, maybe it's just that it's gotten so boring to them because they never learned how to listen to the voice of God. And actually, I think it's more about that, that whole thing of not praying is not understanding how to hear his voice than it is about refusing to listen to him. I don't think most Christians refuse to listen. I just don't think they know how. So for the next couple of weeks, I want to preach some practical things, very, very real practical things in reference to hearing the voice of God. And I don't think I'm understating this or overstating this, I guess, but the single most important thing you can develop in your life in Christ is your ability to hear his voice, especially in the times we are living in. My job is to equip. That's the job of the leadership of the church is to equip the saints to do the work of the gospel and and to to live out their Christian life. And so in order to equip you, I think one of the most basic, basic things would be understanding and knowing and, 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 and learning how to hear his voice more clearly in your life. Developing it, that art of listening, that art of hearing him. And I I say develop because it takes a lifetime of working and developing the skill to hear God. And though we may even master it, we will still have times where we'll miss it. This is a 
Can, can I just put a goal way out there, an unreachable goal that you can't attain, but you have to strive for it anyway because that's the only way you're going to get close to reaching it? Does that make sense? As you read through the Bible, you can identify uh, many times and ways that God speaks to his people, and it becomes very clear that he speaks to whoever and whenever he wants. He spoke through Balaam's donkey, for goodness sake. I, I like what Pete Gregg says, hearing the voice of God is not about a skill we must master as much as it is about a master we must meet. Let that sink in a little bit. That's a great statement. And I think even in times of worship like we just had where it was quiet and we didn't have all the instruments there today, it doesn't matter, does it? His presence can come in a mighty way. And if you just stop and listen, absorb his presence, absorb the atmosphere of his presence, he begins to speak to you in your heart in a way that's just so personal and so real. God is sovereign, and if he wants to bring you a clear message, if he wants you to hear it loud and clear, he can do that whenever he wants to. And, and it's easy to take that attitude of, if God wants to talk to me, I'm right here listening, as if our hearing him is his responsibility. It's our responsibility. It's your responsibility to hear the voice of God for you. It's my responsibility to hear the voice of God for me. This is a big responsibility that we have as Christians, and it's one that we can prepare for. So we're calling this little mini-series The Voice. I don't know how long we'll go with it, but The Voice, His Voice, meaning His Voice. And this morning, I really want to hone in on preparing to hear Him, because I think that's the first step. As I was praying about this and asking God, well, where do you start in this subject? It's so vast, it's so big. He's like, what about pre preparation? I'm like, that's what I'm doing, I'm preparing for the sermon. He's like, no, 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 preparation. Preparing to hear from him. We need to do that as individuals. And you can prepare or even posture yourself, if you will, in a way that allows you to hear the voice of God in a greater degree. So let's start there. Here's five ways. I'm going to give you five ways this morning that, which you can prepare yourself to hear his voice. And so pull out your phones, your tablets, your your pencils, your pens, whatever you, you need to write down or write these down because these are, these are legitimately ways you can prepare to hear his voice. And how many again know we need to hear him? Okay, so like 10 of you think that? The other 10 think you got it all together? Is that it? I mean, I'm not gonna stand up here and talk to 10 people with a room full of 300. So we need to hear his voice, amen? All right, thank you. <laughs> Feel like nobody heard me there for a minute. Number one, recognize the importance of hearing his voice. You have to understand how important it is to hear his voice. Knowing how important it is, recognizing the fact that we need his voice leading and guiding us, it's really the proof of humility. If you believe you need his voice in your life and that you just can't lead yourself in every de decision and through every circumstance, then you have just taken the first step towards preparing yourself to hear him. Why? Because God opposes the proud. And to, and to not think about the importance of hearing him, to not think that it's that important for you, is really a, a, a stature of pride. Like, I can do it myself. I don't need to hear from him. I'm, here pretty, I, I'm, I'm in charge pretty good myself. How many believe that you're better equipped to be in charge of your life than he is? I mean, really. 
But don't we mostly live that way? To recognize the importance of hearing his voice. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And I was thinking about this proud and humble thing in reference to our desiring to hear his voice or, or even acknowledging our need, the importance of hearing his voice. Psalms 138, 6 says, Though the Lord is great, he cares for the humble, but he keeps his distance from the proud. How many want to keep God at a distance? I mean, we want him to care for us, and part of that care is him speaking into our life. Proverbs 3, 34, the Lord mocks the mockers, but is gracious to the humble. For those who don't think you need to hear the voice of God, God mocks you, because that's pride. You need him, you need his voice to be loud and clear. And I'm telling you, church, the closer we get to the end of the end, I believe we're gonna need to hear his voice more and more and more and more and more. Like we're gonna be desperate to hear it because it comes to a place where we don't know what to do. Man comes to a place where, where man is perplexed. and It says that in the word of God, the, the day of perplexity. Where man will be so perplexed, they won't know what to do. They won't have any answers for the problems they created for themselves. And then the church stands up because we can hear the voice of the creator, of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And hearing God is not just obloviating every time you get mad at a social situation. Hearing God is knowing when to speak, knowing when not to speak, knowing what to speak, not knowing what, what not to speak, right? All those things is a part of hearing. We have to have this, this, this thing in our heart where we realize how important it is. It's a prerequisite for us hearing him, to know how important it is. If you don't understand your own need to hear God's voice in your life, you won't hear it. He opposes the proud, but there's an unlimited amount of grace for those that are humble. Have you ever wondered how some Christians just always seem to hear the voice of God for their lives? Maybe it's congruence to their own personal level of humility. Maybe our own inability to hear God's voice is congruent to our level of pride in a given situation. Just a thought. God, we need you. It, we should think it's so important to hear his voice that it's the first thing we run to when we're going through something. Recognize the importance of hearing his voice. Number two, commit to obeying his voice. A common theme throughout the scripture is God expects obedience from his people. Turn to your neighbor and say, he expects obedience. From you. Accent that, from you. <laughs> he expects obedience from his people. In fact, God would rather have your obedience than your sacrifice. Can God trust you with what he wants to tell you? He can certainly speak to anyone he wants, but if he speaks to you, can he trust you to obey him? Can he trust you with it? And if God is all-knowing, then he already knows if he can trust you or, or if his words to you will, will, will merely fall on deaf ears and a hard heart. Well, why, why would he speak to someone who isn't gonna listen? Why is he gonna speak to someone who he already knows is gonna be disobedient with what he says? There has to be a commitment within us that says, God, you speak to me, I'll do what you say. I'll just do it. And this is something that has to be worked at, of course. We know that in the parable of the talents, the master entrusted his servants with, 
different amounts of, of money, talents, which was a measurement of weight in gold or silver. One talent was worth about a thousand bucks. In Matthew 25, we find out that one servant received five talents, the other received two talents, and the third received one talent. Have you ever wondered why the master seemed to be unfair with his distribution of these talents? Why did he give one five and one one, and the other one two? Why did he do that? I think it's because of the track record of history that this master already had witnessed in his servants. He was a wise master and he distributed the talents based off their previous handling of responsibility, their obedience, their obedience. Think about this in reference to God entrusting us with his precious word. It just makes sense that he would speak, he would speak to those individuals who had been faithful in the past, those who were obedient to his word in the past. In fact, it's our very obedience that prompts his continued voice spoken clearly into our hearts. But if he's, talked, if he's talked to you, if he's spoken to you, and it's just fallen on deaf ears over and over again, how long does it take for him to say, you know what, I'm going to speak to somebody else these things because they'll listen and they'll be obedient. There has to be a commitment of obedient, obedience. When the master returned, he found that the servant who had been given five talents now had ten. And the servant who had been given two talents now had four. But the servant who had been given one talent, although he didn't lose it, only had that one to return to his master. You guys know this, this parable really well. When you look at what the master said to the first and second servant, it's awesome because it's exactly the same. And he says in Matthew 25, 23, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. They both doubled the treasure they had been entrusted with. They both were given the same reward. In total contrast, he rebukes the third servant and takes what he has been given and gives it to the first servant. And look at what the master says in Matthew 25, 29 through 30. To those who use well what they are given, and in reference to what I'm talking about today, him speaking to you, his words to you, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what, they, what, what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. If you think about our master, Jesus Christ, entrusting us with his words, with him speaking to us, we are, will we be like the first or second servant or like the third? Can he trust you to obey him? If he can, he will speak those treasured words of direction for your life more and more. Your, your obedience will create that flow of God speaking to you. And understand, church, that is the king of the universe speaking to you. This is the God who is so big, so powerful, so mighty, so amazing. I think in that, in that, that, that one message of Leo, Gig, or Leo Giglio, is that how you say it? Louis, Louis Giglio. He talks about God breathing stars out of his mouth. That's how big God is. And yet he takes time, if that exists in his realm, which it doesn't, and he talks to you personally about what you're going through because he cares so much about you. And what do we do? We're like, oh, I'm not gonna listen to that. I'm not gonna be obedient to that. 
Are we nuts? Are we crazy? We gotta commit to obedience. And here's the good news. If you've been disobedient to those precious words in the past, he has grace for the humble. Repent and commit to him today that you will be obedient. This is posturing yourself to hear his voice. This is preparing to be spoken to by the king of the universe. Committing to obedience is preparing to hear from God. You wanna hear from God more? You wanna hear him clearly? Then prepare. Realize the importance of hearing his voice and commit to being obedient to what he says to you. Number three. Slow down long enough to hear his voice. We all have areas we need to keep in check in our life. One of mine is that I can get so busy doing what I think needs to be done for the Lord that I end up being too busy. And it's really an excuse. I'm, I'm gonna just throw myself on, on, in, in the, on the altar of transparency, okay? <laughs> Let you see what's go, what goes on in here sometimes. Sometimes I mean, I'm, I'm so good at like, let's do it for Jesus, right? Let's get busy about the Father's business. And I'm so busy that I miss what the Father's business really is. I was once prayed for by a music teacher who had gone completely deaf. It was a tragic thing for her to lose her hearing, of course, but as she sought the Lord, through that trying time, he began to speak to her in a way that she could hear his voice clearly. And not just for herself. She would pray for people and God would speak to her messages to give to them. It was a prophetic manifestation gift of the Spirit. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, prophecy, and probably a combination of all three. I'm pretty skeptical of individuals who present themselves as prophets. I've seen too many fakes. And quite frankly, if they're truly used mightily in the prophetic gifts, they never need to refer them to themselves as prophets. Everyone will know they are. This lady, however, did not profess to be anything more than a servant of God who wanted to serve his people. I saw her pray over the people of our church that nobody else, she prayed things that nobody else could possibly know. I knew some of the situations, but she would pray things, and, and she she wasn't going, she wasn't in town two weeks prior to this going through people's mail. She prayed things there was no way she could know. I could give you example of example. Detailed things. Not giving them specific directions, but confirming what God had already been speaking to these individuals about their lives. You want to know what she prayed for when she prayed for me? Do you? It's none of your business. No, I'll, actually, I, will, I, I want to be an open book this morning. She prayed, and then she looked right at me, and I remember these words. This is, man, this is 25 years ago. I still remember them. It's, it's partly how I know it was God, because you don't forget when he speaks to you like that. You just don't forget it. She prayed, and then she looked right at me, almost through me. And she said, the Lord would say to you, that if you would ever just settle down long enough to hear me speak, I will speak to you ways and means to build his kingdom that no one has ever heard of before. And I held on to that word because that was a word from God for me. 
but I have to settle down. I have to stop. This, this message was clear. My, my going and doing isn't nearly as important as my sitting and waiting in his presence. Sitting and waiting to hear from him as to what to do next. And 25 years later, I've come a long way in this, but I've, I've got a long way to go. It's in my nature to do, and, and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing unless my excitement to do takes over and I push, it, my, I push to the back my responsibility to hear first. And for me, it takes a daily decision to stop, to slow down, just relax in his presence. I've preached on this before, but truly, it is a prerequisite in hearing God's voice in our life. Psalm 46.10 be still and know I am God. I think Pastor Jared said that. He didn't even know I had this in my message. Be still and know that I am God. You know, I can only imagine what, what it's going to be like or what it's like for God when I start praying. I mean, I start talking to him as my best friend and I start telling him how great he is and then he tries to interrupt me with something I need to hear but I'm so busy yapping, I, I go right into my list of requests he hears them, then tries to interrupt me again with some things I need to hear, but in my mind, I start running out of words, so I pray in tongues for a while. He tries to even interrupt that because he wants to speak some things to me. I start looking at my phone for the time and decide, I've got to get busy about my father's business, and he tries to stop me from ending my prayer time with him because he's got some things to tell me, because he loves me, and he really wants to help me avoid some detours. But as I'm getting the promptings from his Holy Spirit to listen, I don't listen. I say, thank you, Jesus, for this good conversation this morning. Thanks for meeting me here today. And I go about my pastoring with my prayer time box proudly checked for the day. How many can relate to that? You don't quit yapping long enough in prayer time to even hear from him. That's why we gotta slow down long enough. We gotta stop and we gotta sit in his presence. Be still and know that he is God. And I'm not saying that's how it is for me every single day. I'm not even saying that this is how it is most days. But I'm no liar. I have way too many days that are like that. Instead of saying slow down long enough to hear his voice, Maybe I should have driven this point home a little more forcefully and said, shut up and listen. Because I think that's what the Spirit would say after he gets sick and tired of us doing our thing. God wants to speak to you, but how long will he keep trying when it continually falls on deaf ears? Slowing down is your act of preparing to hear his voice. You gotta recognize the importance of hearing his voice. You, you, you have to be commit to obedience to his voice. You gotta slow down long enough to hear his voice, and four, continually learn to recognize his voice. This may overlap a little bit, but I think it's, it stands alone as a great point. It's important to understand how important recognizing his voice is as we talk about, uh, as we talked about in point one, but learning to recognize his voice. Knowing it's the Lord speaking when you hear is equally important. John 10, 27 says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Jesus said that his true followers listen to his voice. How do they know that it's his voice? They know his voice and they listen to it because they know him. 
To know him is to know his voice. And there are no shortcuts to this, but part of your preparation in hearing his voice is about being in that place of constant learning. The more you know him, the more you will recognize his voice. You will not know him if you do not spend time with him. Who, who's that? Who dat? Who dare? <laughs> you know? Sheep know their shepherd's voice. John 10, 5, I should say true sheep know the shepherd's voice. John 10, 5 says, yet they will by no means follow a stranger, talking about sheep, but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. It seems so obvious, and yet we live in a way in which we always want the Lord to recognize our voices. We want him to come to our aid when we need him, but we must know his voice if we're going to hear his voice. I marvel at good sound men. Dylan's running sound this morning. I marvel at good sound men. We have some good ones on the team here at the church. And it's a gift and a curse to have their specific talents. I don't know if you realize this, but if they are truly gifted in this area, they have the ability to hear many different sounds at once and separate them in their heads. The, then they can hone in on one instrument almost to the place where that's all they hear even though they're listening to all of it. Then they can mentally turn that sound off and listen to a different instrument. It's really quite amazing to see them do this. Most of us just hear the music as one unit and we're like, oh, that's a nice song, I like that. They hear every layer separately. It's a natural God-given talent but even if you have been blessed with this talent, it still has to be continually developed. That's how it is with hearing God's voice. You have to keep learning, keep developing your ability to recognize it. Even to a place where you can hear it clearly in the midst of all the other sounds and noises that life throws at you. Because as we get closer to Jesus' return, and I'm not saying it's tomorrow, it could be today. As we get closer to his return, there's gonna be a lot of noise. Are you going to be able to hear his voice, your master's voice, your shepherd's voice in the midst of all that noise? Will you be able to separate it all out? It's time now to develop these things. Because if you, if you don't, you're going to get caught not knowing how to do that in the midst of needing to do it so desperately. We have to continually learn to recognize his voice. And then number five, anticipate and expect to hear his voice. God loves expectant faith. He's moved by it. Preparing ourselves to hear his voice is next to impossible if you don't expect him to speak to you. Andrew Murray, the great man of prayer, said this, faith expects from God what is beyond all expectation. I love that. Do you really believe the Lord of the universe, the creator of all things, the all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipresent, beginning and the end God that you serve will look upon you with such relational love that he will actually speak to you? Do you believe that? Are you expectant of it when you talk to him that he'll talk back to you? Do you anticipate it? 100% absolutely yes. And that doesn't make sense. 
The infinite God would talk to little old you and me, but he does. He's not only willing to speak to us, he desires it, he longs for it, he longs to speak to our hearts and have us listen. It's the very reason that he sent his only son to die on the cross for us. He wants, to have, he wants us to have access to him. He wants that relationship to be a real relationship and not just something we just talk about and we kind of go through the motions of. He wants it to be real and personal and vibrant. You have that when there's conversation. I feel like Pastor Jared and Devin deciding that they were never going to talk to each other again, but they were going to still strive to have a really superior marriage. And sometimes, in some cases, not talking might help the marriage for a little bit, for a very short time. But how many know it wouldn't last long? It would be bad. We have to have that kind of relationship with God. He wanted us to have that kind of relationship with him, where we can talk to him. And we should expect that he's going to talk. We should just expect, hey, God, I'm here. I'm going to listen now. I'm shutting the mouth, and I'm listening. And I know you'll speak to my heart. And guess what? He does. Have you ever wondered what it was like to be a pastor? Probably not. Every week, every week, every week, every week, I, I ask the Lord, you know, what do you want me to speak about? Maybe not for that next Sunday. Maybe for that next Sunday if I'm running behind. Maybe it's for the next couple Sundays. God, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to speak? What do you want me to speak? What do you want me to speak? And you have to continually prepare messages that are from him, or supposed to be from him, to his people here at the church. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know what to preach. I'm being very transparent. I don't know what to preach. Maybe I go online and just buy a sermon and read it. No. Not this guy. So I'll sit in God's presence or sit in prayer, and, and you know, God knows me. He knows I'm kind of like squirrely a little bit when it comes to like sitting. I, got, I, I already confessed to you, I'm a, I like to do, I don't like to sit for long periods of time. So he doesn't take very long to talk to me. I mean, he's just like, I don't have to wait very long and he talks. I'm like, God, what do you want me to preach on? I don't know what to preach on. And I might have been looking through books or getting an idea or reading a portion of scripture or doing something, and just say, preach on this. I'm like, okay. And I feel it down here. I don't hear it here usually, but I feel it here. And I just know that I know that I know. But when I ask him, I know that I know that I know that I know that he'll answer me. And sometimes when I'm frustrated with what I don't know, when I don't know what to preach on, and my wife feels the brunt of that, she goes, why don't you just go talk to God? He'll probably tell you. And I'm reminded that he always does. We can have that expectation of him speaking to us because he has proven that he desires it. He has made a way for it to be possible. And when you're communicating with him, whether it's during your prayer time or just throughout the day, anticipate that he'll speak to you. Believe it and listen for it. One way to anticipate him speaking and, and to show him that you are full of expectation is to always be ready to write down what he says to you, maybe a journal. I like to use sticky notes, a sticky notes app on my, on my phone. And I have all these little sticky notes on my phone. I can hit them. I said, that's what God told me that day. That's what God told me before. Or I go into my sticky note thing and I, I, I read through them. Hebrews 11.1 1 in the Amplified Bible says this. Now faith is the assurance 
title deed confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Another version says it this way, faith is the assured expectation of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When you communicate to God, have faith that he will speak to you. Know that you know that you know that you know that he will have a word for you. And next week, we're going to get into another aspect of the voice, of, of his voice speaking into our lives. We're going to talk about um, um, the different ways in which he speaks to us. So some of you are like, well, can you get into that? I'm going to get into that. We're just going to do it over a few sermons here. But my challenge to you is this. Let's begin to shift our lives in a way that prepares us to hear, for him, to hear him speak to us. God wants to speak to you. He loves you with an everlasting love. And, and again, the five, five ways, I'm not saying they're, they're the only five, but they're five solid ways that you can prepare to hear from him. Recognize the importance of hearing him. Slow down, or, uh, let, commit to hearing his voice and being obedient to it. Slow down long enough to hear his voice. Keep learning to hear and recognize his voice and expect to hear his voice. If we do that, I think, I think our relationship with God will become more vibrant. Don't you? If you hear his voice every time you get alone with him, every time you talk to him, it, it just makes it so much better. I, I did the dead religion thing for several years growing up. I can still stand up and sit down exactly when I'm supposed to in those services, and it's been 30 years since I've been in a service like that. I can still do it. I can still recite what you're supposed to recite. I'm not saying that's all bad stuff or anything like that. I'm just saying that it was just religion for me. It just came out. It was just automatic. It wasn't, it wasn't in here. It wasn't personal. God wants more in a relationship with you than just stand up, sit down, kneel, and blah, blah, blah. He wants something real and personal for you and for you to connect with him and for him to connect with you. He wants to speak to you, church. So let's pray. Lord God, I, I know there's, there's people here who may have never been here before, maybe don't know that you want a relationship with them. They've never heard of that before. And God, if there's anybody like, here, that, like that here this morning, help them be challenged in the truth that you love them with an everlasting love and want to be in a real relationship with them that will completely change their lives. This morning, if, you never knew, if you've never asked Jesus into your heart because you never knew he was that personal of a God and you want to ask him into your life, I'll help you do that this morning. I will not embarrass you. I won't call you up front. I won't do anything like that. But if that's you this morning, would you lift up your hand and say, yeah, that's me. I would like that relationship with Jesus. Anybody like that here this morning? Okay. How many, I'll just assume then that most everyone in this room has that relationship with God. How many know it can go deeper? How many know that you could learn more about hearing his voice? Raise your hand. They're raising up all over. I don't know if there's anybody in here who shouldn't raise their hand. Because none of us have arrived in this. But let's pray together. 
Lord, we thank you so much that you love us with that everlasting love, that you have shown yourself faithful over and over and over and over and over again in our lives. Lord, I pray right now for just a, a renewed just a renewed desire to hear your voice. We need it more than we've ever needed it before, God. We desire to hear your voice clearly and concisely, Lord, knowing what we're supposed to do, what steps we're supposed to take. Your word says that man make, takes his steps, makes his plans, but the Lord directs his steps. God, we want you to speak to us so our steps can be directed. We know your ways are higher than our ways and your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. You know what's best for us, God. Take us to that place of, of such intimacy that we hear your voice. We commit, God, this morning to prepare ourselves. To prepare ourselves to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being a part of the Indianola First podcast. Join us next week to stay updated on our latest messages.